0: To me, there's only two emotions in life anyway, fear and love. And if there's no fear there, it's a wonderful state to be in.
1: I, I know of a young man, for example, who loves health and fitness and well-being but still struggling to know whether he should open up a gym or whether he should be running health programs. He hasn't yet found
0: his niche. Because he hasn't dealt with the fear.
1: Hey, you've just joined A Journey with Bernie. Greetings, my dear friends, and thank you so much for joining me and today's wonderful guest. My name is Bernie Kelly, and I'm your very enthusiastic show host. Why? Because I woke up this morning, I don't know about you, but I'm still breathing. I've been expressing my joy for life as a corporate leadership and team building coach for 30 years now. But I've also loved working in the schools, guiding students and our young ones just to open up their eyes to see more, to do more, to be more. I'm an explorer who wants to take you and them to the summit of Kilimanjaro. Hey, how about the base of Mount Everest or the intrigue of the Peruvian Machu Picchu or that epic spiritual adventure across northern Spain, the Camino, Yes, I'm a lover of nature and I am a consumer of life. And that's why this podcast exists. You see, it's a simple exploration of what you and I need to do to find greater love for self, to inspire our own sustainable inner happiness and to discover greater meaning in our humble lives. Of course, I don't have the answers. But that's why each week you and I will explore the life purpose and the perspectives and paradigms of our wonderful podcast guests who will share with us their strategies, their thoughts, their actions that just might bring greater meaning to our lives. Hey, we're all on this journey, folks. So today, let's together put on our hat of curiosity and explore life's possibilities. And let's do it together on this episode of A Journey with Bernie. Dear listeners, welcome to another A Journey with Bernie. Do you think I'm excited about this episode? I've got a terrific guest today and I know you're going to enjoy Tony ever so much. When I think of Tony Groom, Who's now sitting opposite me in this wonderful studio? I think of. Uh, let me think. Lover of life, ambassador of nature, and just a beautiful and adventure. Oh my God, it's cracked up already.
0: <laughs>
1: but this is you're the just truth. trying to make me cry, then. <laughs> this is the truth, dear folks, and you have no idea what a privilege it is to call a man who's 20 years older than Bernie and yet he is the dearest of friends. I've learned so much from this good man over such a long period of time since those days where I used to venture up to Binnaburra and Leamington National Park and here's the reason why. Tony's childhood was in Leamington National Park, a terrific rural National Park area here in southeast Queensland, Australia. Binnaburra Lodge is a terrific resort that gives the public and people access to Australia's uh, fantastic nature. And Tony was the manager of Binnaburra. I'm going to investigate whether I think his father, Arthur, may have actually been a, an instigator and a founder. We'll learn more about that later but he managed Binnaburra Lodge for 15 years. He took a break at one stage during that management term and he spent 13 months in the Antarctica as a weather observer at Wilkie's base. Can you imagine that? 26 people in Antarctica for 13 months. Naturally enough, he has been awarded appropriately sentiments that he deserves, a Churchill Fellowship, in National Park Visitor Facilities. Then started a terrific company, and I've been a part of this company in different ways over the years, International Park Tours, a company that only visits national parks of the world. When his dear wife, Connie, sadly uh, left him, he set up a memorial trust, $130,000 raised for disadvantaged children at Beachmont State Primary School. And not long ago... I had the pleasure of going to the Brisbane City Hall and watching him as a member of the Queensland Choir choir singing, you better say it because I'll muck it up, (laughs) Handel's Messiah. Messiah. And there's Tony, the oldest of them all amongst uh, all the members of the choir, giving it the hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sorry, Tony. Pretty good. (laughs) Fairly close. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, listeners, you know, please, 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 I'm so, so thrilled to introduce you to
0: Tony Groom.
1: Now, do you deserve all those accolades? I'd love to hear your response Nobody to Nobody deserves
0: that sort of stuff. <laughs> You're making me blush anyway.
1: How do you feel when I, sincerely, appropriately, from my heart, and you know that, say those things, how do you feel in response to all that?
0: I feel grateful. It's nice to be recognised and and I have been recognised in various ways through my life, which I appreciate and accept. Ian, you say you should accept because in
1: my eyes and in the eyes of many, I, I think some people would regard you as one of the rare human beings. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, how about that example I gave before? 83 years of age, you're a member of the Queensland Choir. The very next day, you told me... You I was told, only 82 at the time, <laughs> a few months ago. <laughs> Stop creeping a <are> year. You? <laughs> you told me, you told me that the very next day you were cycling 60 kilometres on your bike. Yeah. How often do you go out cycling?
0: I try to go out three times a week, yeah. but not, not always 60k, usually about 30k. 30k, 30 to 60k. Yeah.
1: Mm. I mean, there's not too many that are embracing life in the way that you do, Tony, not only now but in the way that you've done over your entire life. Simplest of questions. Yep. How did you become such an embracer of what life has to offer?
0: I don't think I became it. I think I always was.
1: Elaborate. Yeah. Yeah. What gave you that?
0: Well, I guess growing up in a natural area, I just fell into appreciation of nature because I didn't know anything else. I didn't know a city life at all for many years, so I just embraced nature right from the start. That's and interesting.
1: Then, so, Todd, you, you know, you're you're already onto the the role that nature played in setting you up to be an embracer of life. It's almost as if you're giving credit to nature.
0: I am. Nature's the most inspirational thing in my life. I'm not a religious person, but my religion is nature for its many benefits. Crikey, I don't even know where to start with the yeah. benefits, but one is it's it's an example. It's an example of how we should be living. It's an example of sustainability.
1: No, you got, got to stop there, please, brother. you got to stop there. You can't make those statements. You've got to explain. What, what do you mean it's an example of the way we okay. should well, be living? Well, the first
0: thing it teaches is how to live a sustainable life which we're not doing, we haven't, we've totally ignored that lesson. But um, there's no other species in the world apart from ones that we've degraded who upset their, their population balance as we have. There's no other species that soils their nest, so we should be learning from that and we're not. So first of all, it's a, le- it's a lesson in sustainability. You are on the brink
1: here of a huge topic I want to explore it more. Tell us more about what you see in nature that humankind should draw from. You're giving us some tastes of it. Give us more.
0: Well, sustainability is one. Uh, beauty is another. I don't I don't see any ugliness in nature at all, you know, a swamp, a, a desert, whatever. They're all beautiful until we come along and spoil them. So if we could emulate the beauty of nature, which thousands of artists Musicians, painters, poets, everybody, they're trying to emulate the beauty of nature. So uh, we can learn from that, to appreciate the beauty of nature.
1: It's funny, as you speak about the beauty of nature, and then you use the example of the the muddy swamp, I'm thinking, how often do we as people want to judge something as I'm making it up now, please, ugly, soiled versus beautiful. It's almost as if we've got one on a pedestal. It's interesting to me, listening to you, that you're saying nature teaches us that we don't even have to label.
0: Exactly. We're so arrogant. We label nature. How How arrogant is that?
1: (laughs) Tony, um, you're not only the lover of nature, and and we've got to come back to that, an, an embracer of all that nature has to offer, but I want to come back to lover of life. Mm. what made you such a doer you do things like you put up your hand to go to Antarctica you created the gardening week at you know Binnenborough Lodge you created running high oh my god I came away with you and we ran America and the New York Marathon how many marathons have you run five five
0: (laughs) (laughs) when was your last marathon by the way oh a long time ago 30 years ago
1: so 30 years ago, you were 53, 55, yeah. 56 years of age. I did, about did that three time. hours, 11,
0: which is the best. Uh, I've done. You're skiding now. I know. You are.
1: <laughs> you did all these things and, and listeners, this is only just a taste of what he's done. How did you become such a doer? Why?
0: can't answer that question. I just, I just I've never thought about it. I just, um, well, I suppose one thing is that I believe we each, needs to take control of our life. We're all responsible for our own health, wealth and happiness. That's probably the basic thing. So once you accept that responsibility, you've got to do whatever it is.
1: Does nature teach you about accepting that responsibility? I'm trying to – I thought I heard a link there, but I I could be guessing.
0: Yeah, I can't think of a link there, no.
1: Responsibility means – a responsibility to do if you're going to take responsibility of your life. Yeah. Is everybody, you made a comment to me recently how lucky you are and then you threw it back at me and you said, we're both doing what we're meant to do. You know, you with all that you've done in the natural world, with the natural world, and I in the coaching world, etc. it's like I know I, I answered my calling. You know that you answer. Has everybody got a calling? Has everybody uh, well, got...
0: Well, I hope they do. If they don't, they're not going to have a very happy life. And I think the point there is to recognise what your purpose in life is. I was lucky I fell into mine basically by accident at the age of 21. Now, you've got to elaborate on that. Tell us more. How did you fall into purpose? i just finished wandering around Australia at a loose end doing all sorts of things, came back to Brisbane. They, there was a public meeting about the future of Binabara that the directors were saying it had to be closed. Yeah because it was making a loss for seven years. This is seven years after my dad died. And somebody said to me, why don't you go back and manage it? I said, okay. Two days later I was managing it. And then did you recover from the, recover the losses? Yes, within six months. In six months you had well, turned... Well, it turned it s- around. Seven years loss into... Well, I didn't recover seven years loss, but it, it was profitable within, profitable six, within months. six months. Profitable within six months. We've got to come back so, to so yeah. how you did that. Yeah.
1: yeah. But come back to Arthur, Dad? Yeah. yeah. Dad's name?
0: Yeah. He is the founder? He is the co-founder along with Romeo Lay. He founded Binnaburra in 1933 and ran it quite well until he died and then after that the managers didn't know what it was there for. The only reason Binnaburra is there is to provide access for guests to the national park and uh, they forgot that. So all I had to do when I went back is to put the accent back on the park, get people out into the park.
1: How many years after Dad left Binnaburra did you then become the... Seven years. Seven years later.
0: Yep. So in those seven years is where they, they ran loss. the losses. Mm.
1: How did you get it back on
0: its feet? Just by putting the accent back on the park. I had to turn a blind eye to the lodge. It was run down. It was dilapidated. And um, the first... Day I took over, there was one lady who was going to stay that night and she said, I don't think I'll go home. There's nobody here. I said, please don't go home. I'll take you on a walk in the park tomorrow. And that's the secret, take you on a walk in the park tomorrow. And that's what happened. So I took her on a walk and the park did its magic and she overlooked all the shortcomings of the lodge and then just went from there. Next day somebody else came and then it built up. You said just then
1: you introduced them to nature and then you said the park did yes, its magic. magic. What's the magic? What does it do, Tony, that why does Binnaburra and other similarities, why do they attract so many people? What is the, the power of nature to attract people and why do people want to
0: go to it? I think there are so many reasons there. One is they're going home. Nature is their home. And they realise that. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm sort of like, what a fantastic phrase. Yeah.
1: Sensational phrase. Huh? Na-
0: <laughs> Do we need to get a tissue? <laughs> oh, <geez.
1: laughs> Nature, Nature is, is yeah. their
0: inspiration. It calms them down. Um, There's so many advantages of going into a rainforest.
1: Not everyone feels... I reckon they sense nature is their home. When you say nature is your home,
0: what is that, what do you feel? What do you sense? It's probably an exaggeration because if I go into the rainforest, in some ways I don't feel at home because I'm wearing thousands of dollars' worth of technology and clothing and stuff. The only way it could be my home truly is to go in naked (laughs) with nothing. And that's what I think all politicians should do, by the way. <laughs> but let's, let's not go there. <laughs> the, the mind boggles. No,
1: we, well, we might regard that as a future strategy.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, it's, we've lost our home because we've, we've become divorced from, na- from nature. So just going for a day walk takes you back a little bit,
1: yeah. not
0: fully, but uh, gives people a chance to realise this is where I belong it gives them I feel chance. I feel good here.
1: Yeah, it gives them a chance to feel that connectedness
0: with what? With, with nature. God. With some people would call that God. Yeah. I don't, but to me it's nature.
1: You speak about it as if it's something greater than self. It's oh, absolutely. greater than any individual.
0: Yeah. Mm. That's why some people think it's God, but uh, that's okay, that's fine for them. And yeah, uh, yeah nature's the certainly trans- bigger than I am.
1: Transcendental meditationists call it
0: the unified field. Yes,
1: <laughs> I've heard various terms. some people call it the universe you, know. you call it nature, yeah, getting in touch with something greater. You were also so courageous and bold in what you did in in creating Binaburra, you had to take some risks going down to the Antarctica. You probably didn't even see it as courageous, but being a doer takes courage and boldness. Speak to us about where you developed the ease to be courageous.
0: Well, first of all, I love that word, courageous, courage. Ah, uh, do you know where it because, comes
1: from? Well, because when I look at you. That's what I see. I've yeah, seen you.
0: But the mean, meaning of the word is often mistaken. Some people might think it's bravery or daring do or something. Courage comes from French, la cour, Meaning? To act from the heart.
1: <laughs> and people, when their heart is connected with what they're meant to do, I think you're intimating... That's where they'll find the courage to do it. Mm.
0: If your heart's not there, don't even try. Yeah. Same as the word enthusiasm, that's another word. Oh, yeah. I I think I taught you this one. I think I gave you this one. From entheos? Yeah, meaning? meaning. Acting from the God within. The Greeks knew all about that. Yeah. Did you tell me that? I told you that one. Good. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) What a terrific energy. Yeah, courage and enthusiasm, that's Acting all you need. Acting from the greater
1: force that's within each mm. and every one of us mm. displayed as enthusiasm. No wonder it's contagious, don't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not contagious <laughs> enough, I
1: don't think. <laughs> uh. Hey, uh, International Park Tours. Mm. First of all, explain who are International Park Tours mm-hmm. and, and what was their an initial vision. They've been going for 30 1975. Low, 70,
0: yeah, well, it came out of that Churchill Fellowship trip to North America yeah. as a lot of other things did and this was the last thing that came out of it actually and one of the Binnaburra guests said, oh, why don't you take us back to America to show us what you saw. You saw. Yeah. And I thought, what a great idea. So it was just going to be one trip, yeah. filled up instantly, six-week trip to North America with 35 people and mind boggles now. Yeah. I Wouldn't do that. And it went on from there. <clears throat> it was so... Immediately successful, it just expanded exponentially. Although we wanted to keep it small as well. So the whole premise is to get people to national parks all over the world and get the same benefits. It's just an an expansion of Minimborough, really, Mm -hmm. getting people out into the parks. Mm -hmm. We don't have as a motto, well, we don't have as a published motto giving people life-changing experiences in the world's wild places, but that's what it is. Mm. We don't talk about it.
1: Mm. Yeah. So... uh, I remember a couple of those those trips I did with you, Run America. Yeah. Oh, wow, where we ran rim to rim. Of oh,
0: the Grand of Canyon. the Grand
1: Canyon. Mm. Wow. <laughs> but I also, on such a trip, remember, remember you waking us up at 5 a.m. in the morning or maybe even earlier so that we could go sit on, you know, a rock overlooking the Grand Canyon so that we could get the sunrise. I remember... All the little things that you used to do that would add memorable value, they weren't little, they were little in terms of, you know, an hour's loss of sleep here, Mm. but they were huge in their impact. Struck me that that was, again, an extension of who you are Mm. to want to do those
0: things for people. What was behind behind that that type of servitude? I love that word. What's behind that is getting people to go beyond their comfort zones because that's where growth is, beyond your comfort zone yeah. and people might have to face a fear. Yeah. Uh, one of the most wonderful experiences I had was a, uh, with a guy who was very fearful of heights yeah. and we gradually talked him up to Observation Point in Zion National Park. Wow. Very oh, scary yes, walk, yes, very yes, scary yes, walk. It's along the re- Describe that walk. Well, it's cut out of a cliff face and yeah. it wouldn't be done these days yeah. but it was done during the depression when they gave people work so they yeah. had the labour. And it's a th- sort of a metre-wide flat track cut out of a cliff face so you've got this huge exposure on one side. Mm-hmm. So we just talked him up there. I, I talked him up there by just heavy breathing, deep breathing and relaxing, mm-hmm. leaning up against the wall to look out at the view mm-hmm. and eventually he was the one that was walking on the outside yeah. and he got up to the top. yeah. Mm. yeah. That was courage. Yeah, it was courage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And looking back, you can think, well, I did that. What else can I do? And that's what the same was. When I did my first marathon, I thought, wow, that was hard. What else can I do? Mm. So you did four more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't the point. I did other things that I thought, I don't think I can do that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Examples? What other things did you do that were enhanced by what you're saying is, by having the courage to do one, it led to another. Courage to do that led to another. And so it just kept on expanding. You, your capability to do and more courageous things or adventurous things just grew and
0: grew and grew. Yeah. And I can't think of anything that came after the marathon, but.
1: Uh... But courage comes in, it's not just adventure, isn't it? You know, not just physical. No, 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 not what at about all. your emotional adventures yeah. and.
0: Oh. Yeah, well, that's, it gave me the courage to come out at a very late age in life. Come uh, out? As a gay man. Say p- apologies. At, say again. At, as a gay man. Yeah. I came out as a gay man. Well, it was this long, slow process, but the defining moment was my 75th birthday when I had a party <laughs> at my place. Probably half, there were about 40 people there and half of them knew me as a gay man and the other half didn't. They thought I was a straight man because I'd have a wife and kids and all that. And I came out. And your dear wife, who
1: I had the pleasure of knowing, what a beautiful woman yeah. she was, Connie. Yeah. You know. How many years later after informing Connie, yeah. and I assume your children, yeah.
0: did you come a out? A few years, years, I don't know, maybe five or six years. Yeah. Or no longer than that, Much 10 years more like it. So it was a very long, slow process.
1: I'm imagining, I can't, well, I can't, I said I imagine, I can't imagine, Tony. You would have known that you were gay. You're married to Connie, so I'm assuming that there were years leading up to telling Connie or time leading up to telling Connie. I can't imagine the anguish, the mental anguish, the
0: emotional
1: chaos. What was that period of your life
0: like? It's horrible. When I look back, I realise I was living a lie, and if you're living a lie, it's awful, even if you don't realise at the time. When you look back and you think, that was a lie. And then you've got to deal with the the grief of telling your partner that I've been living a life for all this time and then she takes that personally, which, I mean, our marriage was genuine. It was it was a wonderful marriage. Two wonderful kids. Yeah. 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 So, so that's why it was such a big thing to do and that's why it, the marathon gave me the courage to do it, I suppose. It takes an awful amount of courage to do that. Well, in my case. I mean, kids are facing that these days yeah. all the time. But for me, it was the biggest thing I did in my life to come out, to accept, first of all, myself. Yeah. And then to tell others in the immediate circle. And then on that what, fateful day when I was 75, to tell wow. everybody. And that was yeah. the most liberating moment of my life. Wow. It was extraordinary. Elaborate.
1: A liberating because. Because I stopped. I
0: didn't have to lie anymore. And, you know, when you talk to somebody, somebody mentions gay and you, you just clam up, you don't yeah. respond. After that moment, I didn't have to do that anymore. I'm piecing together a whole host of things
1: that you've said during this interview. I think you're almost asking anybody who's listening to this, do you have the courage to be real and authentic? Because if you don't, you're living a lie and your life is
0: diluted. Exactly. Diluted, yeah.
1: What did you gain I know. Is it possible to have gained from that pain and chaos?
0: For the first time in my life, I felt totally free to be who I am. And if you don't like that, too bad.
1: That was 75. You're now 83 yeah. years of age. Describe the last eight years. Hmm. <laughs> tissues, Gilbert, <laughs> no, tissues.
0: The no, 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 <laughs> uh, last eight years, it has, yeah. I shouldn't say it's been the best time in my life because I've had a wonderful life, yeah. but it's been the time when I, I do feel I, I can only put it as freedom, yeah. and lack, and, and honesty, and openness, and authenticity—all that more so than any other time in my life. I'm thinking of freedom, and I'm thinking of the opposite of freedom
1: as lack of distraction. There's no. No things
0: there to distract you any more. Yeah, I just to be Tony. And one of the opposites of freedom is lack of fear. To me, there's only two emotions in life, anyway: fear and love. And if there's no fear there, that's a wonderful state to be in.
1: Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, you, now you, you by, by osmosis, you just said there that freedom, that being real and authentic, puts you into a place where you can truly
0: love. Well, live in a state of love. Or same thing, yep.
1: What does that feel like,
0: Tony? Oh, such a release, isn't it? You know what it's like yourself, I think. (laughs) (laughs) If you're living in a state of love, it means there's there's not, I mean, we need some fear. Yeah. We need some fear to stop us. Pardon? Welcome to humanity. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have some fear to stop you doing putting your hand on the hot stove, that sort of thing. And I think you also need a little bit of fear to get you to do things. I think if I go into a thing like this talk this morning, if I had didn't have a little bit of nervousness about this, I would be disappointed because yeah. I would think this is not important. Yeah. This is very important. So a little bit of fear there is fine. But if there's enough fear to debilitate you, to stop you doing from something you want to do, then it you, you needs you need to be addressed. Mm. You need to do something about it. Yeah. What's behind this fear? What is it? Yeah. If you look at all the negative emotions—jealousy, rage, anger, whatever, um, nervousness—if you look behind that fear, that fear, and what what is the negative emotion? What's it about? Can I deal with that? What do I do about it? Can I handle it anyway? And then the fear goes away.
1: Respond to this because you're, you're you're triggering all sorts of thoughts over here. It's most of our fears learned from past experiences and I call it past data and do the fears remain within us because we tend to carry them along with us as we as we go into into life what what if we could learn to look at the past experiences in different ways and not give them the same terrible meaning that we may have given them when they actually occurred and just see them as part of the journey, can that help us dilute fear from the way we live today?
0: Absolutely. Mm. And some people choose not to do that. They'll hang on to their fear as a sort of a crutch or... A reason for not to do something. And I think the more enlightened you become, the more you face those fears and do it anyway. I only ever hear the word enlightened with Buddha. Huh? What do you mean? Dangerous what do you mean? comparison what do you mean? there. <laughs> what do you mean enlightened? <laughs> Uh, maybe we used a different word, consciousness. No, no,
1: you can't. Your word. You've used that word. Enlightened. Okay, enlightened. Uh, are, we, are we capable of being, And what do you mean by enlightened? Let's put the Buddhist context yeah, to, to it's, another Yeah, it's side. a big term
0: and I think oh, enlightenment is learning the meaning of life, what we're, here, what we're here for, purpose in life, how we manage our lives. Maybe sort of. Wow. A few other things I can't think of at the moment. <laughs>
1: So, what do you say is, well, let's stick it, What do you say is your purpose
0: in life? That's now? easy. Well, my main purpose has been to introduce people to nature and let them gain from it. Uh, funnily enough, that's changed in the last few years because I'm no longer leading trips. I don't think it's responsible for a person of my age to be taking people on incredible journeys in rough places. So, my purpose in life has changed a bit. Even though, by the way, you are still more than capable. Of what? Oh, I, of leading, leading. No, I'm not.
1: No, well, I, no, I shouldn't be. I'd have, I'd have you leading me any day.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think it's a bit irresponsible to have somebody of my age in very rough places leading a group of people over a mountain pass or something. Well,
1: yeah, well, there's, there's so, more sedate forms of future. Yeah, and
0: I'm, and I'm doing that. Yeah. So, yeah, so my current purpose in life I think is sort of changed a bit. Yeah. What is it now? I'm only talking, thinking about this in the last couple of weeks. I think it's become to help other people in a less advantaged situation than I'm in. Yeah. I'm just by accident again, I've come across a couple of those things and uh, so rewarding. I got such a kick out of a couple of them in particular. I thought, oh, keep doing this. And uh, easy to do. You know, in my position, I've got.
1: It's an act of love, Tony.
0: Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: it's an act of
0: it's an act of love. It's almost
1: as if you you got to this beautiful stage of life, and you you're going. I think love is all there is. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: it. Exactly right. <laughs> love is all there is. Who said that? The rest is window dressing. <laughs> it is. <laughs>
1: Okay, we're approaching nearer the end of this oh, this, this wonderful, wonderful occasion and, and experience together. Hey, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you a sentence, a question. Yeah. You know? Our listeners, I believe, would truly benefit if they could l- latch onto an action, a practicality, a step, a strategy. I don't know, quite know what you call it, right? So in your one-sentence answer, one-sentence answer
0: (laughs) (laughs) to the question,
1: see if you can make it a suggestion, an advising, a guiding, a step, an action that our listeners might might benefit from.
0: I think the first thing you would have to do is take responsibility for your own life, your health, wealth and happiness. And the second step would be to... find your purpose in life if you haven't already and all the actions that would follow from that. And part of that would be to listen. Most of us don't listen very well.
1: Listen to what? Listen, listen to...
0: to everything. Other people in particular, listen to nature maybe. But you know how most of us when we're talking, if somebody's talk, if somebody's talking to me, I'm thinking, what am I going to say back to them? We're not listening to them. So the first step we have to take. I think what I hear you, there, hear you saying there is,
1: is that by listening to other people, there are so many insights mm. and so much to gain if we
0: lovingly become the listener. Yeah, it's getting rid of the arrogance that we think we know it all and we don't.
1: My next question. Yeah. I didn't even ask a question. Though, and you actually came as with an answer without, without me even asking the question. Here's a second question. The second question is this. When pain and chaos arise in people's lives as inevitably it does. Life has a wonderful habit, doesn't it, of just dealing the tester. (laughs) What should people realise might be the gift of pain and chaos?
0: Oh, that's a biggie because I went through all that with the total destruction of Minaburra and my own home.
1: Yeah. No, you need to – I don't think we've heard that, Tony. Uh, Tell us about that, please.
0: Oh, see, it's – Two and a half years ago, with the start of those horrible bushfires that went down the whole east coast of Australia, half of Binnaburra was burned down and my home and granny flat. And it's not just buildings. It's the whole, you know, you can imagine it's the spiritual home for me and, and millions, thousands of other people. Dealing with that is probably the hardest thing I've had to do in my life because although I did say before coming out was the hardest thing. And I dealt with that by, um, I'm not too sure, crying a lot. And I don't often cry for sadness, but I did then.
1: Have you hung on to the memories? Can you hang on to the memories despite the building not being Oh, there? absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. and other people are too. But to get back to the question, how do you deal with that sort of thing?
1: Um, it's not only how you deal with it, but when pain and chaos arises, can we be aware that it inevitably could lead to another outcome?
0: Well, you have to yeah, and that 's just swamped by the pain and chaos, so you have to look at what's possible in the future, and in this case, it's quite sad because I know that those things can never be replaced for, for many reasons, which we will not have to go, go into now, but if I thought it could all be replaced exactly was it what, how it was, I would be okay, but it can't be, so I just have to accept that. Acceptance is the other big deal in life. it was that marvelous change. Uh, Saying, give me the courage to change the things I can, the patience to accept the things I can't and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, well That's done, well done. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> good. A lot of people have been Very credited good. with that. But to me, and that, and I had to accept the fact that things will never be the way they were at Binnaburra and move on. Tony, um,
1: let's imagine that we've got a number of people listening to this podcast and they're of different ages, let's go to the young amongst them. Mm. You're reaching the other end
0: of life. Mm -hmm.
1: What would you want to say to them as they go about the process of building and creating their lives? And let's just say that they too, you know, desire and seek happiness.
0: Mm. I think I'd have to repeat the three things I said before, accept responsibility for your own life find your life purpose and then do it do it mm. and and realize that there are only two emotions fear and love and try and live in a state of love as much as you can and deal with the fears as they come along not carry them forward and exactly yeah. mm, not let them
1: stop you doing anything you want Tony you've spoken so much in this interview about purpose mm. How do you find your purpose?
0: You have to find what you enjoy doing, whether it's cleaning toilets or taking people on tours overseas or whatever. If you enjoy doing anything and if you can make your life do that, whether you get paid or not, that's that's your purpose. Try
1: this for a thought. Sometimes a young people fall into a career and they know they like it. They mm, know they that's, enjoy that's it. it you yep. know? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. They know that. But then I went, one of the secrets is sort of like to find the niche within the niche. You know, I, I know of a young man, for example, who loves health and fitness and well being, but still struggling to know whether he should open up a gym or whether he should be running health programs. He hasn't yet found. His
0: niche, because he hasn't dealt with the fear. I mean, there's a lot of fear in running, opening a gym, you know, yeah, money, all money sorts of things, and all that. So he needs to overcome his fear and uh, do it anyway. I, lo- I love Nike's quote: "Just do it." Just do it. Yeah, Just do it. That's, that's right. it. Thank and, you, Nike. We got it. A- <laughs> <laughs> we got a sponsor. Um, yeah, I mean that's pretty trite, but if you say "just do it," you have to overcome the fear. Yeah,
1: you're reminding me of that beautiful quote that says. When you step into the unknown, you're either going to fall and learn how to fly very, very <laughs> yes. quickly. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. you're going to discover so much about your yeah. yourself. Yeah. So it's that courage. What's that what's that meaning of courage again? Like to act from the heart. To act from the heart, the courage to have that go. Take on
0: that feeling of what you're meant to do. Yeah, and enthusiasm comes into it again. Uh, If you're enthusiastic about something, that's your purpose in life or one of the purposes in life. And and that comes from the God within, Yos. Wow. Hmm.
1: Tony Groom, you know that between you and I there's going to be many more of these discussions, maybe not behind this microphone. (laughs) Maybe there might be a second episode with Tony Groom later on. When I'm 93. (laughs) Hey, wouldn't that be sensational? What a great idea that would be. Yeah, Yeah, love the thought of that. But I just want to thank you ever so much, not only for giving our listeners here, I assume, many, many things for them to consider and to think about and to uh, attach themselves to. But may I personally thank you for the way that you have impacted my life. As you know, one of the coaching things that I do is enjoyably take young people to Kilimanjaro and to Nepal and, and to Machu Picchu in Peru. And I know, and you know, that, the, uh, that piece of work that I do and over 1,500 students have now climbed the world's highest freestanding mountain at 15 years of age, I might add, you know, incredibly. Most of that came from my experiences with you. Oh, that's good to know. My whole connection with nature and my love of nature comes from my, my interaction with you over all that time. Tony Grimm, I thank you ever so much. Love you like a brother, mate. May the journey continue.
0: Thanks for the recognition. and Thanks for the interview, Bernie. It was terrific. (laughs) A lot of fun.
1: I do hope you enjoyed today's episode of A Journey with Bernie. I loved it. Of course, the contact and connection details of our special guest and any references to resource material, books or educational sources can be found in the podcast notes. Do go there, folks our guests would so welcome hearing from you. Now, for those of you who have previously rung me about joining our forthcoming adventures to Nepal and those glorious Himalayan trekking trails, it's truly great to have you on board. For those of you that are still interested, may I suggest you visit the website of Global Immersion Travel? That's www.gitravel.com.au then ring my equally enthusiastic associate, Taylor Pierce, on 0419 195 953. That's 0419 195 953. Embrace the journey, dear people. Just embrace the journey and enjoy every minute of it. And just remember...